Chapter 5 Despite the call ending negatively, Mulatlehi has a smile on his face. He feels invigorated after hearing the voice of a daughter he feared he would never meet again. This was better than nothing to him. I'm sure you have a lot of feelings about that call, comments Liko the activist. She continues to struggle to read the room as she seems to speak when she should rather allow the silence to organically end. So, what happens now? Asked Mulatlik. Um, Liko and I will go to the address we, we believe she lives in. We will ask for you to be given access to her. Perhaps later she will find it in her heart to ask that you be released on parole, seeing that she's the victim that put you in prison in the first place. I'm uncomfortable with that idea. I don't want to use her for my freedom. You, you have to find another way, comments Mulatlehi, showing his selflessness. Listen, Mulatlehi, we've done a lot to find your thought. What was the point if we cannot use this to your advantage? Look at the activist is making a point with her statement as she is detached from the emotions that Pearl and Mulatlehi have regarding his case and the way forward. How did you find Sekhufat? Asked the curious Mulatlehi. Technology. I can't tell you everything, but we use social media algorithms and old birth certificates and hospital records. And then we use some magic catfishing to confirm our suspicions. And now we have her. Lego, the activist, couldn't hide her excitement when explaining the process they followed. And you are sure it is her. Don't you need DNA test or something? Mulatlehi struggles to comprehend how Liko the activist could perform such a miracle in a short time. That is why we will go to the address she stays at. I want to look that family in the eye and see how they dispute the facts. Our research suggests that they made her believe that you are a runaway father. There's no recollection of your existence. Looks like once you were put in prison, they moved away to a township that no one knew them. They began a new life, replies a confident Liko the activist. Time runs out and Mulatlehi says his goodbyes. He hides the picture of his daughter in his pants, ensuring that the prison wardens do not confiscate it from him. The last embers of Kia's 16th birthday were holding on tightly. Kia was walking around to the different cliques, thanking the people for coming to her birthday party, taking pictures with them and saying her goodbyes. All the attention was draining to her and she ended up hiding in her room. Sharon notices that Kia is nowhere to be found, so she goes to check on Kia in her room. As Sharon stands outside of Kia's room, she can hear music playing softly. She doesn't bother to knock and instead comes in and scolds her friend. Kia, how can Miss Party leave her own celebration and hide in her room? Oh, I have never smiled so much in my life. I needed to get away from all of that. I'm glad you only have a birthday once a year. I don't have strength for more than this, replies a jaded Kia. 
Isn't it crazy to think that you spent a whole year dreaming of your sweet 16 and when it arrives you can't wait for it to end? Sharon was good at highlighting uncomfortable truths when you did not want to hear them. Age can I breathe, Claire? It's my birthday, Sharon. Oh, sorry then. So, any more contact from that mpo guy, seeing that you are still glued to your phone? Do you have Tabo's number, friend? Why? Just answer my question. Yeah, yes, I, I have it. Okay, read it out loud for me. Okay. Sharon takes her phone out and finds Tabo's phone number. It's 084-653-7911. Are you sure that's Tabo's number? Yes. What is this about, friend? Does Tabo have any other number? Not to my knowledge, Kia. Why are you asking me all of this? Someone. Um, someone called me. Sharon, you have to keep this a secret. You can't tell anyone. Kia, you're, you're, you're scaring me now. Promise me. Okay, I promise. Now, now tell me, what's going on? I think my father called me. Well... Someone called me, saying that I'm his daughter and he's my father. I've never been told what my dad's name is, so I'm not sure. Friend, this is big. Why would he call you after all these years? I think it's a joke. Plus, he says that he and I share a birthday. I'm sure my grandparents would have told me about it. Right? Why else would they have kept that from me? Why would anyone try this joke with you? This kind of joke would be difficult to pull off. I don't know, my friend. I think you should ask your grandparents. They can confirm this or put you at ease that it's a lie. But what if they've been lying to me all along? Why would they... Then admit it now. I wish there was a way for me to figure out the truth without them knowing. Friend, don't be that person. This isn't blood and water. Just ask your grandparents. You have to trust them to tell you the truth. You're not helping here, Sharon. Okay, fine. Let's call that number. We can ask him all your questions. I'm scared. Fine, hand me the phone. I'll make the call. Kia hands her phone to Sharon and she takes a deep breath and makes the call. She puts Kia's phone on speaker and they hear the following. This number you have called does not exist. Try again, Sharon. Sharon calls that number again and puts the phone on speaker. This number you have called does not exist. Sharon tries this another five times and nothing changed. I'm not crazy, Sharon. That phone number called me. It existed. You can see on my call logs. I believe you, friend. And I'm confused like you are. For now, we'll have to do nothing. Maybe, maybe this guy will call me again. Until then, I'll have to act like that call never happened to me. Sharon and Kia continue to hang out in her room 
until Ntate Piri started calling out for Kia. They both left Kia's room and said the final goodbyes to everyone. Sharon stayed to help Kia and her family to clean up. Midnight came and passed and her sweet 16 was over. A last hug between Sharon and Kia happens and Sharon is picked up by her uncle and she goes home. Thank you.